Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. Thank you for streaming this message. I believe it's going to encourage you. It's going to inspire you. It's going to help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith and make Jesus famous in every area of your life. The message you're about to hear is called, You Must Do This in 2023. It's a continuation of a message I just shared called, You Must Have This in 2023. I believe as you listen to these two messages, faith will come into your heart and is going to grant you supernatural insight on how you can recreate your life so that you can fulfill God's plan for your life. So get ready. Open your heart. God's going to share with you in this message. For those of you who say, I want to learn more about your ministry, you can visit our website at FCCGA.com. For those of you who want to give, you can do so by going online at FCCGA.com ccga.com as well. And for those of you who want to say, I want more material, I want more content, we have a Faith Plus app that is filled with thousands of hours of faith building content that you can download and listen and be encouraged. And also wherever you're streaming this message, you'll be able to find more messages from us. So whether you're streaming it on one of our TV channels, on Faith Plus, on YouTube or Apple Pockets or Spotify, make sure you subscribe and listen to these messages because we believe it's going to encourage you. Well, without further delay, Here's the message. You must do this in 2023. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. This is the new King James. And King James says, Brings forth evil things. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Now go to Matthew 12 and look at this parallel passage. Matthew chapter 12, we'll start with verse 13, excuse me, verse 34, and we'll break this down, but let's read Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Jesus said, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle or unprofitable word, men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now that word treasure means the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. It is a storehouse. That word treasure there means the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. It is a storehouse. Luke chapter 6 verse 45 one more time. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now, let's go a little bit further and go to, as we break this down further, to Matthew 15, verse 18. Matthew 15, verse 18. One of the ways you bring out what God has placed within you is through the words that you speak. Your house, excuse me, your heart is a production center. Now, one of the things we've covered in this series so far, we've talked about the different things that God has placed on the inside of you. We talked about how God has put within your spirit the life and the nature of God. We've talked about how, on the, how you are blessed. 
We talked about how the glory of God is within you. We talked about how you have access to the wisdom of God. And we've talked about different things God has placed in, on the inside of you. And we've covered tonight how your, how your heart is a storehouse. And God has put wonderful things on the inside of you, precious things, wonderful things. And one of the ways you bring out, we see already right here, is through the words that you speak. Your heart is a production center. Think about this. We're going to get into tonight. But Mark chapter 4, when it says the sower sows the word. Well, where does the sower sow the word? Into the ground of the heart. And from the heart produces different things. It says the heart produced the word. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Those who have fruit that remain. But those who didn't have fruit that remain, their heart produced weeds. Well, what reeds did it produce? Cares of this world deceitfulness of riches, and lust of other things. All these, these things were produced from the heart. Your heart is a production center, and that is something you must understand this year. Say, my heart is a production center. Say it out loud and put it in the uh, chat and put it in your notes. Say, my heart is a production center. One more time, say it out loud, put it in the chat, put it in the notes. Say, my heart is a production center. Now let's read this passage in Matthew. But I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Matthew 15, 18 through 19. It says, but the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. So notice now we're not just seeing that words come from the heart. We see actions. Look at all these different actions Jesus listed. He said it came from the heart. Now, I want to read to you Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. I'm going to read from the King James. And we know the story about the story that's before the flood and the judgment, the wrath that's going to happen. But notice what it says in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The whole earth was full of violence, Genesis 6 said. And that sin, that wickedness corrupted the planet itself. Now, we see wickedness and violence spread the earth, but why? The imagination of the thoughts of the heart were evil continually. So what was in their heart connected to their imagination, and it came out as these actions. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Your heart is a production center. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. New Living Translation says it this way, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The message version says of verse 23, 24, and 25, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your, keep your eyes straight ahead and ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither right nor left. Leave evil in the dust. And so through the wisdom of prophecy, we're supposed to protect our heart. We're supposed to guard our heart. Like we guard anything precious, we are to guard our heart. Why? Because from the heart flow the issues of life, one translation says. It says here that it determines the course of your life. Other translation says it, the borders of your life come from your heart. The borders of your life. Let me think about borders in good ways. Borders and you know lines and boundaries. So you know what? I'm not gonna cross that line and cross the boundary because that's not what God wants me to do. The border comes from my heart. But also on the flip side, the negative side, we can think about things that contain us, that keep us from doing what God's called us to do, that keep us from stepping out in faith. 
those borders, those containing things flow from our heart. Your heart is a production center. Say it one more time. Say, my heart is a production center. And so that begs you to ask that question, what are you producing if your heart is a production center? If you think about any type of production center or any type of factory or even different movie sets that are producing content, factories that are producing different things, their goal is to produce. If they're not producing, why, why does that thing exist? The factories produce different things, different parts, different vehicles, different furniture. The different movie series are to produce different content that people watch. Your heart is producing something. So if you don't like the thing you keep seeing in your life happen again and again and again, you need to look at your production center. You need to look at the materials that are in place in there. You need to look at the blueprints you are following. You need to look at what is going on on the inside of you. Because what happens in here can change everything out there. Yes, there can be crazy things going on around you. And all around you, you're seeing mess and the curse and all the bad things because of things that other people are doing. But if you get it right in here, what's in here can flow out and change your surroundings because your heart is a production center. Yes, we talked about on Sunday what you must have. And tonight we're going to talk about what you must do. But before I talk about what you must do, I'm talking about what you must understand. And you must understand that your heart is a production center. Let's keep going to Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Here's something that we have to do since we understand that a heart is a production center. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. The New King James says it this way. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So notice it said, let the word dwell in you richly. So that's not a small amount. Let's put the word in abundance. Psalm 119 verse 11 says it this way. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now this word hidden doesn't mean hide it so you can't find it. I know we used to joke with someone. They said, you know, I hid God's word in my heart. And the joking response would be like, did you hide it so far that you can't even find it? It's not about hiding it so someone can find it. This word hidden or to hid means to treasure and store up. So it's not saying hide it somewhere that no one can find. This word means to store up. Why? Because your heart is a storehouse and you need to fill your heart with the word of God so it produces what it's right. And if you only put a little word in, guess what? You're only going to get a little word out. You're going to want to get a little benefit of the word out. But if you keep stacking your heart with the word, you keep pouring the word in, you letting the word grow richly in all wisdom and teaching and admonishing and stirring yourself up with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, you're going to have the benefit of your heart being a production center, producing the good things that are on the inside of you. Let's go a little bit further. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. And we talk about this scripture a lot during faith in the morning. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Notice what God told Joshua. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, meaning you should keep it in your mouth. What does that mean? You need to keep saying it. But you shall meditate in it day and night. And we said the word meditate. Yes, it means to think on. It means to ponder. It also means to say. And it also means to imagine. So God told Joshua, you think on the word. You ponder the word. You imagine it. And it also means to study it. And you also say it. And you do it day and night. Why? What is going to be the result? Why should you do this? That you may observe or guard to do according to all that is written in it. For then, if you meditate, if you study, if you imagine, if you say, if you ponder, 
you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So notice Joshua is standing for a promised land. It belongs to them, but it's filled with challenges and giants and walled cities. It's something that's standing before him that scared the previous generation. But God said, you'll make your way prosperous and have good success if you meditate what I said. If you meditate the word, we talk about positioning ourselves to receive the utterance of God on Sunday. But now that you position yourself and you receive it, you just don't just receive it. You receive it and then you study it out. Then you meditate on it and then you say it and you ponder and you think on it and you imagine it. You connect the word in your heart to your imagination and you begin to use your imagination to see what God said come to pass in your life. And you let what's in your heart and in your imagination come out your mouth because you're speaking what God said to you, and then you're going to make your way prosperous. And then you're going to have good success. And this is how you get what's in here out there to change everything around you. Let's look at another way in Philemon chapter one, verse six. You know, Philemon only has one chapter. So let's go to Philemon verse six. Philemon verse six, I'm gonna read from the New King James. It says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. The New American Standard Bible says it this way, and I pray that the fellowship of your faith may become effective through the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ. This word effective is translated and means active. So he says, I'm praying that the sharing of your faith, the fellowship of your faith, the communication of your faith, like it's the Greek word koinonia, that koinonia, the koinonia of your faith may become effective and active. How is this sharing of our faith, of us putting our faith to work, of us using our faith, how is this put made effective and active? Through the acknowledgement or the knowledge of every good thing which is in you for the sake of Christ or which is in you in Christ Jesus. You see, what God has placed within you becomes active through you acknowledging it and you understanding what God has placed in you. I'll say it again. What God has placed within you becomes active through you acknowledging it and understanding what God has placed within you. So you don't just leave it there. You need to make it active. You know, we can have a whole bunch of devices, technological wonders, and we can even charge them. But if we don't turn it on and use it, it does us no good. What's in you has to become active and you make it active by understanding what's there and by talking about it. And so how do we make this active even further? This happens through the meditation of the word, your confession of the word, and you position yourself to receive the utterance of God as you talk the word. This is how you, this is how the acknowledgement works. This is how this understanding process works. This is how you make it active. It is through your meditation of the word your confession of the word, and you position yourself to receive the utterance of God as you're taught the word. And that's why when you sit under the word of God as it's preached and taught, there's things stirring on the inside of your heart. Things are becoming active. You must activate what's on the inside. So say it out loud and put it in the chat, put it in your notes. Say, I must activate what's on the inside of me. Come on, say it out loud, put it in your notes, put it in the chat. Say, I must activate what's on the inside of me. One more time, say it out loud, put in your notes, put in the chat. Say, I must activate what's on the inside of me. Let's go back to Luke chapter 6, verse 47. And all of that, by the way, was my introduction. <laughs> Luke chapter 6, verse 47. Luke chapter 6, verse 47, one more time. 
Whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. As we said this passage before, we know what is Jesus telling people to do. He says, come to him, hear what he says, and then do it. So it's three things. Come to him, hear what he said, and then do it. And so what do we have to do? And what do we must, what must we do in 2023? Yes, we must come to Jesus. Yes, we must hear him. Yes, we have to receive that utterance from God, but you have to take what the word says and build your life. You must take what God has spoken to you and build with it. Every message you hear from God, you must take it and you must act on it. And remember, as you take it and you ponder it and you study, let's do it again and again. And faith comes to your heart. You're putting that word on the inside as you read the word every day. Yet the word is drilling witchly in your heart. And then you're going to have the materials to build with. And we'll talk about this a little bit on Sunday and going forward. And we talked about on faith in the morning, what hope is, that expectation, hope is the blueprint. Faith is the materials, and it's how you take what's on the inside of you and bring it out to your everyday life because your heart is a production center and you must activate everything on the inside and you must take what's on the inside. You must take what God has spoken to you and build your life. And you do that through the everyday things. And so the things is that you don't think of that spiritual, the things you do every single day, you're waking up, you're going to work, taking care of the kids, the stuff you do on the weekends, all the different things you do on a daily basis that seem normal. These are the normal ways that you take what God has given you and build your life and build your family and build your house. And so when we're talking about building your house, we're specifically talking about building your life, your family, your finances, your career, your business, everything that God has called you to do and put in your hands to do. That's what we mean when we're talking about building your life or building your house. And you build a sure foundation and you build it right by coming to Jesus, hearing what he says and doing what he says. The storm came to both individuals, but the person who came to Jesus heard what he said and did it. The storm couldn't shake the house. The storm comes to everybody. But the thing is, you don't have to be shaking when the storm shows up. You can keep building. You can keep prospering. You can keep going forward. Now, one of the things, well, I don't know if we'll get here till tonight. We may do this next Wednesday or Sunday. We'll see. You must build your life and you must build a wall around it. Remember, your heart is a production center and you must activate what God's put on the inside of you and you must take what he's given you on the inside and the words he's spoken to you and through your everyday actions, build your life, build your house. And as you step out to do those things, God will give you wisdom to show you what to do. He'll give you God ideas, concepts, and insights. Remember, we said the wisdom of God is creative in nature. As you ask God for wisdom and you begin to apply that wisdom, he'll give you more wisdom and he'll show you how to recreate your life. That's what we talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm sharing with you all these things because some of you are just living life and it's not the life God has called you to live. It's definitely not John 10, 10. It's not having life to the full, to the overflows. It's definitely not enjoying your life. It's definitely not the good life that God has prearranged for you to live. We see in Ephesians 2, 10. And that's why I'm telling you, you must recreate your life. 
That's why we're having this resetting of our goals this Sunday and praying over them together. Because the thing is, before this year is over, you can have a brand new life that you greatly enjoy, but it's going to come from you knowing that your heart is a production center, that you have to activate what God's put on the inside of you, that you have to position yourself to receive the utterance of God, and you have to build your life with it. Now, let's look at Daniel chapter 9. And for those of you who've been with us in midweeks, we did a study of the book of Daniel for the last several weeks of 2022. In the first few weeks of 2023, we did a study of the book of Esther and we showed how the book of Daniel and the book of Esther connects. So I'm not going to do much dive in, but what we cover there is connecting to the end of this message tonight. Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 and 3. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Now, what was that word? We see that word in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. For thus says the Lord, after 70 years are completed at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good work toward you and cause you to return to this place. Now, remember, Jeremiah and Daniel were contemporaries, for Jeremiah is older than Daniel. When Daniel and his friends were taken from Jerusalem, they were approximately 15 years old. They were sophomores in high school when they were taken away. And Daniel, growing up as the royal seed, whether he was David's descendant or part of the royal house or nobility, he and his friends and others would have had the opportunity to hear Jeremiah preach in person. And then not only after that, we know from studying the book of Jeremiah and Daniel and others that Jeremiah sent letters to those who were in Babylon. And Daniel, of course, had access to his writings. And so Jeremiah was a contemporary of Daniel. He was a man of God, a prophet of God. And then decades later, after Jeremiah has died, Daniel is in Babylon. Remember, he's been in high positions of authority, used greatly by God. We studied that out in the last several weeks of last year. We see that Daniel, as he studied, he realized that the 70 years were completing. That 70 years. And Daniel would know it because he was part of that group who went. It's been about 70 years since he was taken from his home. And he realized 70 years were complete. He's reading the prophetic promises in the book of Jeremiah. And he says that this is complete. So what does he do? He sees a promise of God that hasn't become to pass in his life or in his area or in his community or in his world. And he takes it to prayer. We've talked about how Daniel set his face to prayer. He set, he set his face, just like we saw that Esther and the Kirk crew set their face to fast. They set their face, they were focused in prayer. And Daniel began to pray the word, not the situation. He began to pray the word based on what God said through Jeremiah. Now, what is that result? Ezra chapter one. Ezra chapter one, verse one. This is now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth, the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May his God be with them and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. And so what happens? The word God spoke through Jeremiah and the prayers of Daniel combined. And as Daniel began to pray, the Holy Ghost began to move. And we see the Holy Ghost stirs up Cyrus, king of Persia, and he begins to do what Jeremiah prophesied. And as he does that, 
He encourages people to go back. He funds their return and he gives toward the return and he encourages other people to give toward the return. And we see the first group goes back and they began to return in waves. Zerubbabel was a leader of one of the waves. They come in different ways. Not everybody goes back to Jerusalem. As we talked about in the book of Esther, some stayed where they were. But the first group goes back and they begin to return to Jerusalem in stages and different waves. And as they return, you know, summing up some of the first chapters of the book of Ezra, they face delays and resistance. And we know about this time in the book of Ezra near the middle of this part, about the first to the middle part of the book. This is when the story of the book of Esther takes place. And so these are all contemporaries at the same time. And so we see as they return, they face delays and resistance. And through a series of different events of resistance and the enemy and enemy manipulating people and then those people manipulating the rulers. Through the series of events, they completely stop rebuilding the temple. Remember, they've been praying to return for all this time. The Holy Ghost moves in a mighty way and he sends them, he sends them back to rebuild the temple of God. That's what they were sent to do. But because of the resistance, because of the drama, because of the situation, because of the attack of the enemy, they stop. And I don't mean they stop for a week. They stop for a month or they stop for a year. They stop for approximately 15 years. They were sent back and what were they supposed to do first? Rebuild the temple of God. But what happened? They didn't. And they stopped for 15 years. Ezra 4.24 says it this way, Thus the work of the house of God which was at Jerusalem ceased, and it was discontinued unto the second year of the reign of Darius king of Persia. Ezra chapter 5 verse 1 and 2. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah the son of Iddo, prophets, prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel the son and Jezusha, a son of Josedach, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them. So Haggai and Zechariah began to prophesy, and Zerubbabel and Joshua rise up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. Now, you got to wonder, well, what are they prophesying? What did they say that got them to start again after 15 years? Because you have to imagine, just, you know, to start again after a day or two, okay, that doesn't take much encouragement. But what did these two brothers have to preach and prophesy to get these people to start again after 15 years? Well, let's go to Haggai. Haggai chapter 1. And Haggai is a relatively quick book. You can read through it tonight. And we're only going to look at the first chapter. Haggai chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. He said, The people have started saying, ah, It's not time to build God's house. After they face resistance, they stopped, and they, over 15 years, said, ah, It's not time to build God's house. We shouldn't do that. That's not, it's not the time. The time will come later. We'll, we'll do that on a better day. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell near paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have so much and bring in little. You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, he earns wages to put into bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Come on, put in the chat, say consider your ways. Come on, say out loud, put in the chat, say consider your ways. 
Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land and on the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock and on all the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel and John Joshua the high priest with all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as their Lord God had sent him and the people feared the presence of the Lord. Then Haggai the Lord's messenger spoke the Lord's message to the people saying, I am with you says the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel and the spirit of Joshua the high priest and the spirit of all the remnant of the people and they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts their God. Now one of the things is they returned to the land. They haven't built the temple in 15 years. And they're wondering, and they've probably, you know, they're wondering a little bit, but they haven't put deep thought into it. If the prophets they consider, they said, hey, you know, things are going on. The economy's okay. You know, we're not prospering. We got enough. Our needs are met. But it seems like we're always going through these current events where we're not really going forward in our lives. And Haggai says by the Holy Ghost, it's because you're not building the house of God. You've only focused on building your house. You've only focused on building your life. You've left the temple of God in ruins. You are not building and rebuilding by what I told you to do. Now let's look what God said through Zechariah. And so Haggai's messages are the pretty straightforward, the pretty easy to understand. But when you look at Zechariah, you know, his book is very interesting because it's a series of visions and it's a series of different strange visions. But one of the things in these visions, God is speaking to him and Zechariah is delivering this message to the people. And look at Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. This is one of the more famous passages of the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Remember, he's the governor, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands shall also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole so what is Zechariah saying? He says, Zerubbabel started this project. Yes, it's been a gap of 15 years. And yes, you started. And through the resistance and the delays and restarting, you think, well, will I finish it? Will I leave, live to see it come to pass? And the Holy Ghost saying, Zerubbabel started it and he will finish it. Come on, some of you have started some things in your life and you, then you get into 23, 23 and you're starting again and you're wondering, will I be able to finish what God told me to do? And he's telling you, yes, you will be able to complete the call on your life. You will be able to fulfill the call on your life. What you started, you will be able to finish. He who began a good work in you will carry it out to the day of completion in Christ Jesus. So you may be in a 15-year stop and you stop for whatever reason. I'm telling you, it's time to get going again. Yes, you must have the utterance of God in your life. And this year, you must take that utterance and build your life. You must recreate your life. You must know that your heart is a production center. You must activate what's on the inside and rebuild your life so you can do what God has called you to do. Now, notice what happened going back to Ezra chapter 6, verse 14, and we'll close here. Ezra chapter 6, verse 14. 
So the elders of the Jews built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo. And they built and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the command of Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. This year, you must have a dual focus. Say this year, I must have a dual focus. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat and put it in your notes. Say this year, I must have a dual focus. One more time, say it out loud, put it in the chat, put it in your notes. Say this year, I must have a dual focus. What is that dual focus? You must build your house and you must build God's house. You must build your house and you must build God's house. Notice that it's possible. Through the wisdom and help of the Spirit of God, you can do both. You really can build both. Not just one house. We say, oh, I have to do one or the other. No, no, no. You can do both. Because God has called you to build both. Through the wisdom of the Spirit of God and His help, you can build both. So put it in the chat and say it out loud. Say, this year, I must build my house and God's house. Say, this year, I must build my house and God's house. And the thing is, when you begin to think about, okay, I need to build God's house, how can I help? Yes, we know we talk about giving financially. We know we can talk about praying. We know we can talk about helping and volunteering and inviting people to church. But also, as you begin to seek God, say, hey, what are some creative ways how I can help the church? What are some ways that no one's seen before that I can do to help? What can I do to be a blessing? What can I do to help build God's house? As you begin to pray that way and think that way, God will show you. As you begin to set goals, because remember, we're playing over our goals this Sunday. As you set goals, hey, here are the goals I want to have for my house, for my life, for my family, for my business, for my career. But here are the goals that I want to do where God's house is concerned. As you begin to set those goals, you begin to achieve those goals. Remember, Jesus, seek you first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. So the thing is, God doesn't want one area of your life lacking. He doesn't want you, your, you know, what you build at church to be great and what you build on your own to be horrible. No, he wants both. You must have a dual focus. You must build God's house and you must build your house. Not one or the other, it's both. Say not one or the other, it's both. Come on, say it out loud, put it in the chat, say it's both. Come on, I'll wait for you, put it in the chat, say it's both. Every single one of you, wherever you watch, especially on Facebook, YouTube, or on the website, say it's both. So you must have the utterance of God in your life. And this year you must take that utterance and build God's house and your house. Because together we're going to accomplish wonderful things. Together we're going to night awakening that impacts Georgia and influences the world through the power of the love of Jesus. Just imagine what your life is going to be like by the end of this year. Especially if you apply these principles and recreate your life. As you understand your heart is production center, you make active everything God's put on the inside. And you take what God's put on the inside and you display it because the Spirit of God has shown you how to take what's inside and manifest on the outside. Because God is being good through you and manifesting his goodness through you. And then you're building your life, you're building your house, and you're building God's house. You can do both. It's not either or, it's both. God wants you to be whole, spirit, soul, and body. He wants you to be involved in your church and involved in your community, involved in your kid's life, involved in the things that you enjoy. It's the entire thing. It's not compartmentalizing your life, saying, well, I can see God's goodness here, but not there. It is your entire life. It is the whole person experience of the goodness of God. And that's what we're going to do. That's why, especially if you haven't done it already, take the next few days, get your goals ready, get before God. 
Get his clarity for your life and set these goals because together we're going to exceed those goals. Anybody said, I'm exceeding those goals in 23. Come on, say it out loud. Say, I'm exceeding those goals. Come on, say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, I'm exceeding those goals. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. Help us not just to be hearers of this word, but be doers of the word so we can be blessed in our doing. Help us connect the, our imagination to what you put in our heart. Help us to be those who are consistent in meditating your word, consistent in positioning ourselves to receive the utterance of God and using what you put on the inside of us and what you speak to us to build your house and our house. And we give you all the glory honor for your help because we can only do it with your help. Just like you said, Israel, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. So we trust in the help of your spirit and we give you all the glory, honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. And so be it. Thank you for streaming this message. Make sure you listen to this message again, as well as part one, when we shared, you must have this in 2023 and this message, you must do this in 2023. As you listen to these messages again, faith will come to your heart because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to encourage you, however you're listening or however you're streaming, make sure you subscribe, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whether it's our YouTube channel, or you can download our Faith Plus app where we have thousands of hours of faith building content to help you live the supernatural lifestyle of faith. We encourage you to download the app. If you want more information about our ministry, you can go to FCCGA.com. You can find what our experience times are and our different locations are. You'll also find out how you can give and partner with us at Faith. You can give online at FCCGA.com or you can give by texting FCCGA to 73256 or you can go to our website and submit prayer requests and we'll be honored to pray with you. Thank you for streaming this message and have a wonderful day.